What does emotional intelligence have to do with financial literacy? My special guest today on Awaken and Send knows the answer. As a certified trauma of money practitioner, Tana Yose is one who can show you how to stop the money stress and live your best life without overwhelm. Today, she's joining me from the Gold Coast in Australia to share how we can access our inner wisdom to restore our money, emotional intelligence, and create conscious wealth and legacy we are proud of. But first, a bit of background information here. So Tana rebuilt her finances in her 50s after losing everything when she was 40, following the breast cancer and financial bankruptcy. And this was despite more than a decade of experience in the banking industry. Since then, she has overcome her own shame and has helped hundreds of families rebuild their finances from scratch too, no matter how messed up their money situation might be. Tana is most proud of her new mobile Money Bestie app, which is the emotional intelligence approach to financial literacy. It's the pocket bestie we all need to stop money stress and create a happy, healthy life without shame and overwhelm. And she also applies her Pivot Your Money program. She also shares her story to inspire others. And when she's relaxing with her hubby, Sam, and their family, they also include the four beautiful grandchildren. I am so happy you're sharing the time with us today, Tana. Welcome. It's so great to have you here. Oh, thank you. It's so amazing to be in this space. Thank you so much. Yes. And what a journey that you've been on, many pivots that you've taken. And as you say, you've helped hundreds of families to do the same too. And I really love that. I love when people can really embody their truth, really deepen and step into their passion. And I see passion as, when you break up the word, pass I on. And that I being your soul's Mm. expression of what you're here to pass on in this lifetime. And quite often that can come through devastation, through tragedy, and create the biggest, largest, expansive transformation in our lives. And for you, it was financial bankruptcy. It was breast cancer and probably more things that were added into the mix. And I'm curious how you were able to navigate that. And I'm very curious how emotional intelligence and financial literacy <laughs> relate. So <laughs> I know you're going to bring it in all together for us. But I am curious how that transformation happened for you. Yeah, that's a really good question because I know that there are a lot of people out there that have gone from wealth and then lost it all and then just given up. But for for me, it was this yearning, this yearning to learn more. And I thought I had it all together, you know, being in the banking, I was one of the higher performing lenders within the bank. Um, And then shortly after that, I went into mortgage brokering. I had my own mortgage brokering business. So when the breast cancer hit, it was at a time I was, you know, as you do when you're transitioning into business, if anyone started their business, you are working long hours. I mean, you think 50 hours a week and, you know, when you're working in corporate or any type of long um, hours and shifts, is, is one thing. But when you're also transitioning into a business, you're really burning both ends of the candle, but one from a different energy. 
And so I found that when I was building um, my mortgage brokering business, um, that had actually become, when I look back, a perfect storm for the breast cancer. Mm. Working long hours, chasing income, chase like so I was very motivated by the ego then. And so when it all came crashing down, I thought, how the heck could I have had this knowledge? And I see so many people in the banking and in the corporate industry that have really done really well. And I'm just like, how could I have not achieved that? And there was a lot of judgment. There was a lot of shame. And to the point, we couldn't even talk about it to our family. I, you know, because my background is Samoan. I am traditional, like our family is very big culture. So there's always, if, if you come from a big culture family, you know, there's always something on. Mm. So we couldn't even talk to anyone about that. We shrunk into our little shell. Mm-hmm. And so when we came out of the financial um bankruptcy as well. So I health bankruptcy and emotional bankruptcy and uh, money bankruptcy. Um, I was left in that dark place of, well, what else do I do? I only know finances. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered the whole community service called financial counselling. And I know that there is a version in every country. Mm-hmm. Many people don't even know they exist and it's free. Um So when I started to discover that this is actually a service that I could have tapped into, um, I started to understand that there is an emotional side, there's a behavioural science behind the theory and the money literacy that that is out there at the moment. Um, And it it opened up this, and and as you say, this passion to learn more. Mm -hmm. Why? Why did everything fall down despite having this knowledge? Mm. And this is where I actually uh, went through my trauma of money training with a Canadian-based organisation, and and it's called Trauma of Money, and they nailed it. They nailed that actually these not we most of us know about generational and ancestral impacts on the way that we make money decisions, mm-hmm. but there are actually about six different layers. Oh. And we all know them. We've just never been aware of them. And that and that's where the emotional side of it is. I I equate it to my emotional eating. <laughs> And, you know, we often spend too soon as we, as for me, it's chocolate and and soothing. So money is just a different type of soothing that we use. It's a vehicle that allows us to soothe in ways that probably, you know, we can look back and go, actually, I wasn't really wanting those shoes. I was needing love. Mm. And so this, as you can imagine, this opens up a whole different area of understanding. Money literacy is important. Don't get me wrong. But that's the sixth part of the phase. Hmm. The, the early phases are actually healing trauma and healing what's been going on for us around our spending urges, around our you know avoidance of money around us not being able to have a conversation with our partners around money without fighting. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> I've gone on a huge tangent there, but no, this is perfect, and it and it's got me thinking and seeing things in a different perspective. And yeah. yeah, just trying to wrap my head around this idea of money being a soothing thing, you know, that might be feeding a need that we weren't even quite aware of, like you say, love rather than the shoes, you know, what's the spiritual need that's being met by this use, this exchange of money. And yet you also talk about the trauma of money. So there's this conflict, this internal struggle, perhaps, between trauma and soothing, you know. And so can you share a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, And so in the early stages, in fact, we spend a lot of time in that space because what we do is we identify um, where shame is coming from. Mm -hmm. So nine out of 10 women, if I use that as a stat, nine, uh, actually no, it's eight out of 10 women um, are not comfortable talking about money Mm. because there's a level of shame that comes in or we avoid uh, money. And often much of that behavior has to do with our nervous system. Our nervous system, if we are self-soothing, we're often doing it because we are dysregulated. Mm-hmm. And how that links into trauma is, um, I'll, I'll use the, the example of generational trauma. So if our parents have had, you know, um, not so healthy relationships with money, that they, they tried their best, but we might have taken on some of their stresses around money, that automatically stores within our body and creates a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say we wanted to, um, we look, we open the cupboards, and whilst we've got all of our staples in there, we're just like, no, the cupboard is really empty. I, I, you know, we go into a scarcity response. Mm-hmm. That opens up, that triggers uh, trauma, which then dysregulates our nervous system. And so when we get to understand, oh, wait, oh, what's happening there? My body's feeling a bit dysregulated. We actually can learn and resource ourselves to interrupt that and really soothe through natural resources that we have at our fingertips. So trauma does have a lot to do with it. Um, I mentioned these six different layers. Uh, Another one that most of us could be um, relational trauma and how we relate to institutions like banks. Mm. And that, for instance, traditionally women feel inferior when they go into a bank because experiences have been shared where they are talked down to by the bank manager, um, you know, or undermined, you know, when we're trying to have a conversation around money. So that also then triggers a trauma response. Oh, um, I don't think I'll go in and talk to anyone about my bank statement because even though the bank, it doesn't look like those transactions look right, I go into a trauma response just picking up the phone to talk to them. Mm. So 
It's everyday things, everyday signs and signals that our body is giving us to say, hey, I'm about to protect you right now. You're going into a trauma response. And what do we do when we're in trauma? We either fight, flee, um, or freeze, or fawn, you know, um, like to please people or buy things for people. So much of this is actually related back to trauma responses. Interesting, interesting. And you mentioned in that too about where is the source of shame? Yes. And going back to that source. And you also spoke about resourcing ourselves and resourcing ourselves, right? And we are not our shame. We are not our ancestors' trauma. We are not any of those sources of trauma. We are sovereign beings, right? We are perfect as we are, and yet we carry all of this memories in ourselves and in our beliefs and in our perceptions and all of it conditioning our way of being and interacting with the world, being afraid to go into the bank or to pick up the phone in some cases and having different cultural and societal expectations and social norms you know I'm living in Canada and here we don't talk about you don't generally ask people how much they earn or really anything about their finances unless you're a financial advisor (laughs) right and someone who's assessing that and you're right we do have financial counseling here as well and credit counseling and like you say it's in every country and when I was visiting in Thailand Um, One of the tour guides um, and I were talking during the tour and sharing some personal information as well, besides what, you know, we were seeing at the time. And she was sharing how, you know, people will go to the bar or the social clubs and it's very normal in Thailand. Just one of the first questions, not how are you? It's so how much money do you make? (laughs) You know, it's completely different. (laughs) Very interesting. Like it's just a different way of interacting and being with each other. And so it's amazing, as you say, there's these six layers of the trauma and the emotional intelligence and the financial literacy. And there's so many layers even to our trauma. So how do we not get overwhelmed by it all? How do we tap into and access that inner wisdom so we're not so influenced by all these external sources and conditions that might support um, debt, you know, and and bankruptcy that can make us bankrupt on all of these levels if we're not aligned with our true selves, right? And to... So how do we access our inner wisdom then? How do we become aligned and and inner truth so that we can experience wealth in all areas of our life? Absolutely. And, you know, the key actually is to start with that understanding. Um, uh, Stephen Covey wrote about it, you know, start with the end of mind. How do you want to be remembered? What's the legacy that you want to leave mm-hmm. um, when you move on? What is it that you want to create? And so when we start with the end of mind and we go back to firstly understanding where's our what 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 
what does trauma feel like when it comes up in the body? Now, mm. if I go back to my cancer, there were signs and signals that I, my body was distressed, but I didn't have the knowledge nor the, the ability to understand that that language was coming from my body. Mm. You know, we, we talk about, oh my God, that was my instinct. I knew that all the time and I didn't listen to that. You know, that was going on for me, but at a much deeper layer I was also drinking a lot of alcohol at the time. So that actually when I look back, I had created a perfect storm because the way that I was dealing with stress and working long hours was drinking, was spending, was seeking outside resource, resources. Mm. So when we go back to understanding what does our body really need, mm. this is where you know the type of work that we do here is around the the modalities, the different modalities that are now available to us. And we all have different ones that speak to us. Mm -hmm. And the key is to find, right, what is the thing that I can tap into just like that when I feel like, oh, my heart is racing. Oh, my, my shoulders are getting tense. Okay, my body's telling me I'm going into a, uh, some sort of response. I don't need to know what's triggered it. And this is the empowering thing because I thought, oh, I've got to go into therapy. I'm going to go. Actually, no, we don't. And, you know, the thing is, and this is this is a nugget that really dropped for me was mm. um, we just need to understand that our body is has buried that for a reason. Mm. And sometimes we just need to know, OK, body, I, 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 I'm hearing what you're telling me. I'm going to time out. I'm going to step back. I'm going to do some breath work. I'm going to do some nourishing work. Mm. And then we'll sit back in safety. Right. Mm. And then I can start to re-engage my thinking brain because what we do know is when we are in a trauma response, our thinking brain goes, flips out of action, flips out of action. That's the brain we also need to make, do budgeting with. This is why when someone's in uh, financial stress and they come to us and they, I, if I was to say to you, okay, let's do a budget. First thing you're going to do is run for the hills. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't think because our brain's just gone out of it. It's, it's done what it's meant to do. Mm. So our first step is to understand when we're going into a, a response and then nourish it in the way that we've practiced. So it could be meditation, it could be yoga, it could be taking your shoes off and walking out in the in the in the um, grass. It could be just stepping out into the trees. For me, it's a visual like it's trees. It's just feeling really safe and grounded again. Yes, feeling safe. Feeling yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. And from there, we get to reimagine okay, what is it that I should be, what is it that will realign me back into that, you know, end of mind? What is it that realigns me back to my purpose, back to what I feel truly alive with? And so when we start to unpack all those things, it's amazing. All you're spending, if you're going out to the shop, my clients, we get to build this muscle. I'm going to a shop and I see these amazing shoes. I get to impact and interrupt and step back and go, okay, what about I go and sit down and have a cuppa and I'll just let my thinking brain come back in. Am I emotionally looking at that? 
do I really need it? Actually, I've got a pair of red ones similar to that I could use at home. So it's a really empowering process that you can go through to interrupt, pattern interrupt. If we are on the phone and suddenly something, we all know this, <laughs> we're talking about buying a computer and all of a sudden everything on social media is coming up about buying a computer. So we really get to notice that first and then step back. I've gotten as far as buying something in a cart online and I've pattern interrupt and go, step back and go, right okay hold on let me just if I really want that I'll come back to it Mm, mm -hmm. little things like that allow us to take our sovereignty back when it comes to a lot of the marketing things that are going on out there and we take back our power to make those decisions yes indeed and pausing like you say to reflect in asking those questions to ourselves, you know, to access that inner guidance, see where our soul is leading us, seeing, slowing down our mind enough to decide whether what need this is actually filling and is it actually filling that need, right? Understanding the difference between a want or desire and a need or even an attachment to something, right? And this is this is amazing stuff. It doesn't have to be complicated right. because you have the answers. I guess, you know, when in the colonized world, and again, this is one of the systems of oppression that, mm. you know, a lot of systemic issues drive the way that we spend, believe it or not. Um, it, the need for me to have straight hair and buy the best straightener, really. You know, the, the, there's a need for me to have shelter, but there's a want for me to have an 18-bedroom house, Hmm. right? So when we get to reduce the shame and increase our ability to discern between what is really needed and what is a soothing decision, so powerful. Wow. Wow. So beautiful. And so in your work with the coaching that you do then, Tana, what is it that you take people through? How do they work with you on this stuff? Like you say, you don't have to go out and get a therapist, but it is helpful maybe to have a coach or an advisor. You know, when when all of this is still new for you, then how how do they go through it with you? And and the important thing here is um, therapy is an important professional. Um, counseling is important professional doctors are important professional support Um, so it's part of us understanding what do we need for our resources Mm. Um, so you know it is important to understand what it is what is it that I need right now to help me through Mm -hmm. and for some people they do need to unpack some deep things and for some people they would need to speak with a professional to help keep them emotionally safe Mm-hmm. to have those conversations now good coaches are able to just just decipher the difference 
So if someone's working with me um, and we, we're talking about moving forward around goal setting and what's blocking them, but there's some real deep things there, I would often do a, a warm referral and suggest that they have a conversation where they can work with different support services. This is all part of the resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. You can have resources available at your fingertips that you've developed, but you can also have resources available through professional support services as well. Right. So. Um, in terms of the, um, the the flow that we go through is the initial regrounding, restabilizing in safety. Mm -hmm. And that is safety in our basic needs, it's safety in our emotional needs, so that we are then beginning to understand our self-actualization process. So we know this model. We know that once we've done that, when we're driven, um, when we're clear on our you know, what we want to achieve, we then get to reimagine how we move through whatever it is that's blocking us monetary. And that is actually the point when we introduce money literacy, hmm. right? And some of that transition through that allows you then go back to the resources. Okay, so I asked you to do a spending diary for a week. Um, and I underestimated the impact that request would have on some people. Uh, and one of my clients, she actually said to me, I'm so sorry, I've been avoiding me, uh, avoiding you because since you asked me to do a spending plan, I went mad because my mind told me, oh, my gosh, she's going to make me stop spending now. So I'm going to spend everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's going crazy. So that was an invitation for us to work out, okay, where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, because actually a good spending plan is something that allows you to spend without guilt. And without feeling spent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's yes. just because it should be nourishing. Mm -hmm. How do we spend so that we feel nourished and we get to really amplify what our purpose is here? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I love that. I love that. And so how would people connect with you then? Yeah, yeah. So um, Facebook, I, I do a lot of work on Facebook at the moment. So I can pretty much promise you tanga.yose, so T-A-G-A dot I-O-S-E, there's going to be one person <laughs> <laughs> so you are welcome to to connect with me. I'm, I'm big at connections as well. Um, and I've, we've got a link that will pop down here that you'll be able to um, link, contact me through different avenues, whether it be Insta, uh, LinkedIn, um, or Facebook. Yes, perfect. We'll definitely have those in the show notes for everyone. And what other final words of wisdom do you have for us today? One thing that I've always, this is something that I always seem to say when I'm speaking to people, because I do work on crisis money, crisis lines as well, mm. is this, you have done the best that you can do. You've made all the right decisions based on what you knew at the time. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in that. Right. So now as you begin to increase your education on all the different levels, you, you're, you're going to be a different person. And you're going to be able to look back and love on yourself and mm. know that that was part of your journey. 
Yes, amazing. Acceptance, forgiveness. And it's really debt forgiveness too, isn't it? It's part of that. And to fill yourself back up again. And I'm so yes. grateful that you're doing this work, Tanya, so that people can fill themselves back up again, you know, and, and not feel the shame and the overwhelm anymore, you know, that they can really step up and experience great health and great wealth through this yes. process. Yes. Incredible. I just really enjoyed our conversation today. I'm so grateful that you've been showing up for us today. Thank you. It's been amazing. Thank you for this space. I'm looking forward to connecting more too. Yes, absolutely. And to each and every one of you that have also been watching, I love that you've joined us too, and we look forward to further connection with you as well. I'm Jennifer Regular, the Soul Illuminator Lighting the Path, and I invite you to subscribe to this channel again for a new speaker every week, teaching us tools and strategies and stories to inspire you to awaken and ascend. Bye for now.